Hello and welcome to Bloom, the podcast. My name is Francine LaBelle and I am the host who has the pleasure of meeting incredible women. They share their stories of spiritual, emotional, mental and physical growth along with the lessons they learn on their journey to self-empowerment. Thank you for joining in. My guest today is Dana Lloyd. Dana is a keynote speaker, author, and leadership coach. As a keynote speaker, Dana connects with audiences through storytelling with warmth and humor, inspiring and empowering participants to lead well in their lives and workplaces. Her goal is to help people awaken to a better life, inspiring them to realize that they have more power and control over their lives than they think they do. As a leadership coach, Dana partners with organizations and human resource teams to develop current and emerging leaders. Dana is also author of Soul Prescription, 101 Ways to Find Joy, Meaning and Fulfillment, and she's currently working on her second book in the series called Soul Prescription for Women, Encouraging the Women Within. She's also co-host of the podcast Soul Sister Conversations. Listen in as she and her friend, Franny, a co-host, explore topics of the journey to self-discovery. Dana and I have known each other since I would say 2007 and we have a lot of funny stories but um, how we met is actually when I was in St. John I recently moved there and I was looking to network to find a job and I decided to join in Toastmasters and Dana was there already and um, there weren't many women of our age and they were mostly men, but it was fun. We connected right away. I remember connecting with Dana um, for her, first of all, her keen sense of humor, and she was just so personable and so on. I remember very well feeling welcome, and uh, here we are. We're um, many years afterwards, and there are many other stories that we will share throughout the uh, podcast today, but Dana, I want to welcome you to Bloom, and I'm so glad that I have you as a guest, and I'm super eager for you to share your story. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Yes, we, we do go back a little ways now. And uh, we, ha- we have um, yeah, our Toastmaster beginnings. And, uh, and then, now look at us, we're both coaches. So it's kind of funny how things turn out. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, I remember um, hearing you speak and what you were doing. And it was done so perfectly. And I remember thinking, she's got to do this. She's got to do this. So Dana is a keynote speaker, by the way. She's an author and leadership coach, which I forgot to mention. But um, yeah, so tell us a bit about how it all started. And, and in your book, you know, you're talking about how um, you began your journey. And it's a beautiful book. It's called Soul Prescription, 101 Ways to Find Joy, Meaning and Fulfillment. And I absolutely loved it. Um, there are so many, it's really well written, well structured, and I invite everybody to look for a copy and it's sold on Amazon. But um, your introduction as to how you began that journey is very interesting. And, and so let us hear about what it is. Well, my authentic journey, which I didn't realize I was going on, um, started way back. Um, at, I, I guess I became a seeker, and I would say around 16 when my, and I didn't know that then, uh, when my grandmother had passed away. And I remember going to her wake and seeing her body, you know, lying in a casket. I know that sounds very morbid, but I remember being very curious about 
you know, where did the essence of her go? That was, you know, where did she go? The thing that powered her laughter, her thoughts, her personality, where did that go? And that was really all the thought I had around it. And I think that was really the beginning of my spiritual seeking. And, but of course, you know, as a teenager, you're busy in life. I mean, I, I didn't know what to do with those questions, but I just remember having those thoughts. And then, you know, go through university. I became um, a teacher by trade, never ended up really doing that. Uh, I moved to Ontario, needed a job and went into the corporate world. And probably within a few years or so of working there, um, really the question of what should I do with my life began to bubble up. And part of the reason why that happened was I probably knew I was really a teacher, not even by trade, but by soul. It's who I was. It's what I've meant, you know, I've come to do is to be a teacher. And what I was doing at the, in the corporate world was none of that. Um, a great job, great people, you know, paid the bills and I needed to do that to survive in, in Toronto. Um, but clearly they began to take me off my path. And the longer I stayed on that, the, the more unhappy I became. And so my husband and I probably, it was in my late, you know, mid to late twenties, we decided to start a family because, you know, having a baby makes life, you know, so much easier. And, uh, <laughs> And so if I thought I had troubles before, you know, look out. Um, so I decided to stay at home with my son, uh, left the work world. And I and really, it was kind of like an out. It was like an exit ramp to my life. I, I figured if I stayed at home, surely I'd be able to figure this out and the fulfillment would rise. And I quickly began to realize, you know, it wasn't that I didn't love being a mom, but I, w I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I mean, if anybody has, a, you know, remembers the early beginnings as a mother, how physically and mentally exhausting that is. Uh, it wasn't fulfilling, you know, just caring for an infant that was great, but I still had that question, what should I do with my life? Now what? Yeah. And so yeah. I quickly began to realize that, you know, in the work world, I wasn't fulfilled and I, I was at home and I wasn't fulfilled. And, uh, and I didn't know how I was going to figure that out, but that was the initial beginnings for me when I look back and connect the dots. Mm, yeah, and that sounds familiar, not feeling fulfilled, and I'm sure through many listeners, they've had that feeling or feeling that now, and you know, on, on the surface, as I'm hearing you speak, um, I, I hear that everything else was fine, right? You're, you're happily yeah. married, you've got one child, you've got a, a, a job that paid well, at some point and you know you're, you're healthy and so on so how did you feel about not feeling fulfilled you know yeah. what was that emotion like yeah the emotion you know really when it would bubble up it became sadness feeling blah really depressed at times um, you know, I probably would never look at myself and say, oh, I was, I had depression, but you probably, you just had depressed days. So I'd say every, you know, once a quarter, my husband would find me crying on the couch. Um, and he didn't know what to do with me, you know, like what's wrong. And I didn't know how to answer it. I, I didn't know what yeah. was wrong. I don't know why I'm sad or feeling blah. And I yeah. wish I had, could put my finger on it, but that's kind of what it looked like for me, you know, yeah. in the beginning. Wow. So, so what transpired from that? How, how did you get yourself out of that? Or what was the next, you know, milestone that you achieved that got you out of that or towards your, your moving through your story? 
well, probably the, the thing that I just remember as an initial starting point um, was going away with some girlfriends for the weekend. And uh, my friends had a, um, a co-worker who was learning to be a life coach and she needed some clients to practice on. And uh, they said, maybe this would be a good thing for you to help you. And I, and I said, sure, I'll you know, raise my hand. I'll take the help, whatever I can get. And really thinking that she was going to give me a test maybe and spit out, hey, this is what you should be doing with your life, you know? And that that didn't happen. She was like, you're going to be doing the work. I'm like, what? Wait a sec, what do you mean? What am I doing the work for? I'm coming to you for help. And of course, as we both know, as the power of coaching, right? We, we're not doling out the advice, but really putting the spotlight on the person so that they can help figure that out. So she began to ask me these powerful questions, what I know now, of course, is powerful questions, that direct that um conversation to you and so all those years that I was asking the questions what I should do with my, what should I do with my life I would push them back down I never answered them because I was mm. looking for uh, a very surface answer I should be a doctor a teacher uh, you know and, and what these questions began to do were on earth things like really who am I you know what do I like to do in this life what are my strengths you know if I, mm. if I couldn't fail what would I actually do you know, if yeah. money and time weren't an issue, what would I do? And when you began to answer these questions, you began to see a little bit of a pattern, but you actually began to hear hear yourself back. And you think, oh, I thought that, is that what I believe? And, and that was really began to be a turning point. So certainly by no means got myself out of it, but certainly got me onto a path that was starting to align um, with, with, with what I wanted, who, who I was or meant to be in this life. Yeah. So you, you, like we met in St. John. So mm -hmm. eventually you moved from um, Toronto back to St. John. And was that meeting with the girls beforehand or was it while you lived in St. John? That was when I was in St. John. So I had okay. moved back from Toronto when I had my son. So he was only a year old. Um, and so um, I, you know, that was post having my son. So I was a stay at home mom. And that's when all this stuff began to bubble back up. And I realized, oh, geez, like, the, you know, this happens when I'm at work and it happens when I'm at home, too. Oh, well, this thing's not really going to go away. And, um, you know, so you try to quiet it in all sorts of ways. And mostly just honestly, by being busy and distracted in your life, you know, you just change focus. And really, that's what I really come to now know is being unconscious in your life. And when you go unconscious, you drift from your highest self. Now, I had no con no concept of the highest self back then. And so that would have been another stepping stone in my journey, you know, into my 30s um, as I began to really have more spiritual awakening around around who I was. Hmm. Yeah. So why do you think that? Because we do that. I, I've done that as well. You know, you, you, you're, you, you've got these questions. And for me, I was, you're feeling sad, but I was feeling guilty. Um, and, you know, I was quite, I was not answering that, that big question and avoiding it just like you were. So why do you think you were doing that? Why was I questioning? Why were you not answering the question oh. that was resurfacing all the time? Oh, I, I didn't know how to quite frankly, didn't know I didn't know how to yeah. answer the question. Like I said, it was a very surface thing where, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was expecting uh, what you, should you do with your life? And it's a, it's a position. <laughs> it's, yes. I should be a mom, you know, I should be a thing. And, um, and that's what I realized. It wasn't what I was to do in this life. It was who I was to become. My focus was, uh -huh. but I needed, I needed 
some help. The coach began the process, but it was really yes. my own search for myself that really began to change anything. Hence leading me onto this path, you know, writing a book and began to help and teach other people. Cause I know I speak, once you start speaking of this, you, everybody else is raising their hand and going, me too. You know, yeah. Part. And so it's, if I can, you know, shed some light on some of the ways that we can shift our focus to our higher selves, to who am I? One of the most important questions you could ever ask yourself that feels like a major contribution on my part in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are so many things that can define us, but at the true essence, like you said, um, who are we? And mm. spending the time to really contemplate and be curious about finding out who we are and um, allowing ourselves to do the work and go on that journey. Um, it, it is, it is, um, uh, revealing and so what else was revealed through your journey what was what was then what happened next well I, I you know it's so funny because I remember when uh, so when I was getting coached I'm thinking that was my early 30s so I had my daughter then too so it was, I don't know it's maybe 33 or 34 and um, I just remember my coach saying to me well you've got all the cards on the table like I was questioning everything from religion to what should I do with my life to you know what's the meaning of this life what's the point of it <laughs> you know just some big questions and um it was a um it was a journey that um you know i, I it, it, like i said it was slow and shifting and um it, it really i think another turning point for me if you recall um oprah winfrey and eckhart doing a, a new earth do you remember that Yes, yes. And um, the New Earth, so they, they took that book and they did a Skype call once a week and they took one chapter a week mm. and uh, really dove into that. And that was another turning point that really blew the, the door wide open to spiritual seeking. And um, yeah, and it, so it's just this continuous unfolding for me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are so many great resources out there similar to me when I was going through all this and still today, you know, there are new resources that are sprouting up and um, are communicating different ways that they've been able to um, awaken. Um, and just like yours, your book is fantastic. And um, it's, it's interesting how we've got a lot of help around us. And it sounds like you were able to really connect with people that were pro helping you progress onto your enlightenment journey, if that's what I want to call yeah, they, it. Yeah, they didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. But, but I was starting to, you're right, there are so many resources around us and part of it is just tapping into that. So, you know, then I got on to Wayne Dyer, those types of books, you know, The Power of Intention was one of my favorites as well. Mm. Um, and I think it was through reading a lot of books and actually rereading them, like uh, The Four Agreements with Don Miguel Ruiz, um, because part of it was, you know, not even, you know, what should I do with my life? As I, as I began to shift, it was really, and that's probably came more really into my 40s, um, was, you know, how to really be happy in this life. Like not go through it, feel like you're always suffering. Mm. Um, because it, when I was about 39 or 40, my mother began to fail in health and she passed away three years ago. So that became another thing that challenged me greatly. And yeah. I began to really look at, you know, how do I move through this life and 
and continue to still produce and show up every day, even when, you know, awful things are happening around me. So it was watching her decline for over a period of six, seven years. And, and I just made a decision one day that um, despite what that was going to going on around me that I was going to be as happy as I could through it and really it's joy not happiness I feel happiness is like a, a emotion that's very fleeting comes and goes but joy is this foundation the sustainable feeling underneath and I wanted to connect to that joy on a daily basis despite what was happening to my mother so that really began to shift my spiritual experience to mm. um, to move away from suffering not to deny it but not to always be in a sad state and it was hard to do because it was hard to watch your mother fail yeah absolutely absolutely yeah because we we you know sometimes um people look at others and say wow they've got this great life you know how is it that they're they're doing why is it and poor me poor old me but um from what i'm hearing and what i've discovered too is is it's based on your perspective of of things and your ability to accept that things don't always go great you've got the ups and downs and it's certainly your your attitude and how you can deal with everything that comes to you the great times and you know the not so great times and and that joy is really i think you've you've i would say is the key to um feeling of living a fulfilled life mm -hmm. um on on so many bases well, yeah, I mean, certainly look around us right now that's happening with COVID-19. I mean, I have yeah. a high school graduate, right, as you do, uh, yeah. you know, in 2020. Not the most ideal time to be graduating high school. Um, she had no idea that on March 13th, that would be her last day of, of her senior year. Um, yeah. Had no idea she'd even be able to experience prom or graduation and cannot attend university in the fall. Uh, in mm. person, which is, you know, a great time of your life, all these milestones. It's like, oh, yeah. could we experience any more disappointments, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So here's the perfect example of spiritual attunement. And I said, she hasn't, she hasn't recognized it yet. These are some lessons that you don't learn too much later in life. And these children have to learn them right now, or at least have to accept them. They don't really know that they've learned anything yet, I don't think, but <laughs> that you can suffer all of these disappointments and 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 still be happy and find joy in that and when i say you know when things don't seem like they're working out for you they're actually always working out for you because some it is a matter of perspective it's like what else are we learning or who are we becoming um or what else gets to happen as a result of it you know so um and th so this is a real test of anyone who is trying to live a spiritual path is when you're faced with disappointment and suffering what are you going to do with it yeah exactly so i you know there's this this journey of of um understanding the process of life and uh, developing spirituality and finding ease to deal with life and with you know ourselves personally and then here you are at this point where um you've you've decided that life coaching was going to be something that you wanted to to um to have or to do or to to be right in your life and the, the purpose behind that was what what was the purpose or what was calling you to do that kind of work well certainly I I think I've always been called to help people I mean hence why I want to take teaching I always loved being um, being a helper person you know to help take people from point A to point B and that's really what coaching does 
but coaching is different from teaching in that when I got when I was a teacher when I got to be at the front of the classroom you're the subject matter expert right I'm teaching you something you need to know and mm. the power of shifting to the coaching which is even you know it's more powerful is that just like the life coach did with me coaching is this skill that I get to apply where I give you all the power I'm not teaching you how to do it unless I'm actually in teaching mode like when I'm writing books or something like that mm. we get to empower other people let alone just to inspire them so because that's the beauty of any of coaching is that it's not a cookie cutter uh, process is that each person's journey is different and coaching respects that by saying what is it that you want let's marry that with all the things that you're good at and it's 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 so custom right so I loved the power of helping people but allowing people to help themselves even more that even lets me off the hook I don't have to figure it out like a sleuth right it's not my job it's my job to help on earth things and say what about this how about that let's look under that rock let's make some connections what do you want to do and hold them accountable but they get to make those choices that's the power yeah. that for for someone to hold up a mirror for you and say this is what i see um because you might be seeing yourself for the first time ever which is what really happened to me when i had a coach right yeah and yeah. i think i was and this person that was always looking for other people to tell me the answers right just tell me what to do and even when I was crying on my couch every quarter you know I would really kind of look to my husband could you please just tell me what to do and he couldn't tell me but if he he told me what to do the only person I could blame them was him <laughs> yeah know? and so the power in that is I had to take 100% responsibility for myself and fall on my face and fail and pick myself up and go on he could not do it for me if you try to get someone else to run your journey you're going to be very unhappy is what I found out and it was actually when I took over the reins myself that that's actually when I became happy when you became the driver versus the passenger in your own life mm -hmm. completely different experience yeah absolutely absolutely and 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 I recall so well why um I had a challenge and I remember when we first met for a uh, group life coach. I find it interesting because you kind of came out of uh, as a life coach um, doing offering something similar to a group of women that you were offered and I find it nice that you are sharing that or have you've given that opportunity to me and other women that were part of the group when we met we met every once a month and it, I was looking so much forward to um, meeting and gathering and, and learning and exploring myself and I have to say I, I had read a few books in the past but it really is uh, with you that I, I started my journey as well so it, it sounds like you had someone offered something to you and you passed it down and that need that you're sh you're saying that to help people and to um, empower people is, is was shared through us and you continue sharing that with 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 people now and so um, you're a leadership coach. So what is a leadership coach and how does that differ from any kind of other coaching? Well, really it's the, the same skill applies. It's just um, the leadership coaching is, is more in the corporate world where people are learning to be effective leaders. Um, and so it's really the same sort of thing. I push leader to figure, leaders to really explore who they are you know where are their blind spots where, where where can they be much more effective and look at their strengths so you're just doing the same thing it's just in a different lane um, yeah 
And so, you know, a lot of what I do now with the life coaching stuff, it is, is really about writing books or, um, you know, doing uh, my podcast on soul sister conversations. Um, yes. you can have those conversations with people so we can continue to unearth uh, those authentic journeys like you're doing here or, or, or ways to do it. Um, so, so there's almost like two buckets that I play in and, um, but I'm very drawn to the, the spiritual side of things and uncovering who am I that draws a lot of my attention, especially with the podcasting and, you know, the writing the book and I'm writing, or I have finished book two, which I'm hoping to launch in the fall called soul, um, soul prescription for women and, um, really awakening the woman within. So, um, those are the things that I enjoy doing now. And by me um, podcasting and by writing, I help to unearth my own ideas. You know, even just having this experience with you as I articulate it, I'm even having some aha moments about my own journey. So hmm. <laughs> kind of interesting when you hear yourself out loud. Um, because I yeah. guess I'm not sure where else do does someone ask you questions about your journey and you get to talk about it? You know, it's, it's yeah. No, it's so important too because we don't celebrate ourselves enough for the things that we've been able to achieve. And I find that that's a common denominator uh, among women. Um, kind of not, it's not that we want to brag or anything like that. We're afraid to brag. We just don't recognize sometimes all the, all the good that we've been able to achieve. And um, it takes a special purpose or um, activity to help us recognize some of these things and so um, even for me uh, when I'm doing the coaching I'm saying celebrate yourself celebrate yourself but here I am I'm not even doing it for myself so yeah um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that um, you know you there's so many things also that you've been able to do in terms of you know a keynote speaker um, and you're, you know, you're, you're capturing audiences because I know this is what you do when you, you're, you're up there and you're speaking, you're capturing the audience by a variety of ways to keep us curious and interested. So it, it's kind of a storytelling. So do you do still, do you still do that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, and, and really what you're speaking to, it's really finding all the things that you love and light you up. And even though, I mean, obviously when you and I met back in Toastmasters, it's almost like I knew I was going to be on this path. That's why I was there to practice. And so, you know, I really talk, you know, think about, talk about callings, you know, so I even see it as a spiritual experience that obviously I had a calling back then. I didn't know where it was going, but I was willing to step into it to, to prepare for it. Um, yes. So, but that's where it's important to listen to those little things that rise up, whether it's a question like, what should I do with my life? Or you feel called to join something. That is a calling, an urge, mm -hmm. a desire. And to pay attention to that. And I think if there's one thing that I've learned along this spiritual journey is really awareness, right? To really come awake to your life and pay attention. We talk about using your intuition and your gut instinct. That's what it is. It's not hearing it and ignoring it and go, well, that must be silly. Where is that coming from? It's, it's mm. really paying attention to it. It's actually coming from somewhere. You know, there's a saying, and I've heard Wayne Dyer say it, you know, prayer is when you're talking to God, intuition is when God's speaking to you. And mm. that is that paying attention to when you get that gut feel or a little, 
little voice saying, maybe I'd like to try that. Explore it. There's no hurt in exploring it. If you don't like it, you can always move on to something else. You know, it's not, there's many paths to greatness. There's no one way. You have to try many. And our authentic journey is certainly not linear. <laughs> you know, so no. It's all it's more like a, you know, like the family circus uh, cartoon where the little guy was all over the place. You know, it's very <laughs> and loopy. Yeah, it's so powerful what you've just shared, and you're you're absolutely right about that. And um, someone who's you know starting onto that journey, it is unfamiliar. And I remember not really knowing what that all was either. But I think that you're really um, putting the finger on being aware that there is a calling, not knowing it's a calling, but having that awareness, and then having the courage to follow it or to be curious of following it and see where it brings you and and you've mentioned something you know sometimes it brings you down a road that you like and sometimes it brings you down a road you don't like um and and it's true but it's through those contrasts that you learn or you redirect yourself is, is there a time where you went down a road that you thought oh no i don't think that's really what, what my my higher self or my soul was telling me yeah well certainly back when i was in my corporate days um, like I say, everything was fine and good and I like the job and the people, but I look back and I'm like, that was screaming at me. Like, this is not what you're meant to do. Yeah. And, and so even for me, I've thought over the years, you know, oh, do you go back to a job? But it's just, I realize I'm more of a creative and that I don't want to be at a desk job from Monday to Friday. And if I do, I do it at home. I have structure and discipline, but it looks different. And mm -hmm. um, so certainly I recognized back then that that was a glaringly obvious, you know, it's not really an error because it taught me what I didn't want. You know, if I hadn't have done that, I would, you know, I wouldn't have realized, it wouldn't have pushed me onto a path because if there's anything I probably realized about suffering is that it forces you toward your highest self. You, you're going to go screaming or kicking or, or, or easily um, because it wasn't until really the suffering ramped up when my mother's health began to decline, that I really, it, it forces you into a spiritual awakening if you're willing to pay attention to it. And that's where I really began to get serious about how do I move through this life as joyfully as possible despite all of the things that are, feels like it's going wrong. Um, mm. So that's where it really opened me up in my 40s. So I look back as I'm having this conversation, like I say, I really am having sort of a haze where the 20s was like really the beginning point of my journey. The 30s was really sort of opening up and 40s went deeper. You know, it's yeah. no longer on the surface, it's going deep. And um, that's where I'm enjoying spending that time and having conversations like this. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I and I've spoken um, briefly about your book, but um, do you want to share a little bit more about how you came with the idea, or how how it felt, or what was the message you got, or what was the awareness that brought you to you know what I I need to write this book. I think for me, and it was really until I began writing it, that I began to get really clear in my head about what was the message I was trying to convey. And really was, it was really creating the awareness between ego and the highest self. And in the very, the very first soul prescription, soul prescription number one is called relentlessly seek your highest self. And um, I really began to put a separation between ego and highest self. And I really realize now that that separation for me really is awareness because I know now when I'm 
acting from my ego and I could go, okay, well, you, you got to knock that off. You, you know, you need to, you need to return to the land of your highest self where you're happy. So, you know, I call it a spiritual scale. So if your listeners are, you know, they're paying attention to this, imagine on one side in your mind, you have a list and you have highest self and it under that has words like authenticity, joy, peace, love, gratitude, worthiness, freedom, connection, trust, expectation, imagination. And on the other side, there's the word ego. And under that are words like fake, misery, annoyed, hate, complaining, fear, past or future, anxious, separation, unworthiness. And for me, I always try to live from my highest self. And that's not easy, we're human. Am I there every day? No. Am I there throughout the day? Yes. you know, when you, when I feel myself in judgment, I know I'm in my ego and go, okay, let's back off of that and move to the space of my highest self. And that's really this whole premise of the book is how do we, um, find joy, meaning, and fulfillment. The premise really is, is to live more from your highest self. And I give lots of suggestions of how to get there. And, uh, because they're all things that I've done or are doing currently, um, to remind myself about the power of my highest self. And if you are not conscious in your life, you will drift from your highest self, right? We mm. talk about unconscious eating. Uh, you imagine when people go off on someone and they're mad, they're unconscious. They're acting mm. from their human self because your highest self uh, knows love. It knows appreciation. And there's two points where you can come from a, a problem. Uh, and I much rather now to come from it as a point of love and appreciation and good intention versus acting from Dana, the little self, who's, who could be annoyed or, you know, jealous or anxious or whatever. So, um, and I always say the speed at which you return to your highest self is a sign of your spiritual maturity. Because when I was in my 20s and 30s, I certainly wasn't aware of that space between the highest self and ego. And you would ha- I would have to go kicking and screaming to my highest self. You know, why can't I just be mad? And now I understand I move there much more quickly. So I know that I am, I hate to say doing better or I have a greater awareness. I'm more conscious in my life. I know the space from which I'm operating. And, um, and I wasn't so aware in my 20s and 30s, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I love that, the speed uh, to which you return from to your higher self from your ego self. And, and this is where, you know, you, you, you see your growth spiritually. And it's so, it's so true. I, and, and I definitely can relate to this um, from earlier on where I had no awareness at all uh, to having some awareness and then still having the reactions and then catching myself in the reaction and bringing myself back and then shortening the timeline to bringing myself back to you know my 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 true self my 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 soul space my higher self and it feels really good when you look back at that. And I'm thinking, man, we should be teaching this in, in, in class I know. Should, at, at, in high school. And I'm thinking that for our kids, right? Um, you're, you were talking about your daughter who was experiencing the disappointments in life mm-hmm. and how to adapt to that and how to change or, or deal with it. And what better way than to have ourselves as parents to have gone through this so that they can learn from what we've learned and hopefully 
have that influence that by our, our, our own actions and our own ways of doing things, but learn, knowing that they've got to go through their own journey as well. But at least being here to show them somehow uh, is, is a gift to them. And I find them fortunate. And whichever parent is out there is learning through that. I, I guess what I'm, I'm hearing too is how fortunate we are to have that awakening and that awareness and that calling in to follow it and that influence that it has collectively not only in a family setting but around us as well it's not only us that benefits but it's everybody else so um, and I see you sharing all of this in a variety of ways for you and you're, you're really connected to your, your calling in the activities that you you have, uh, being a speaker, a leadership coach, writing uh, this awesome book, and I'm super eager to see the next book that you're going to be uh, writing. It's just amazing um, information, and it is so true. And it's it, it's not complicated. You know that 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 kiss principle keep it simple stupid yes. it, it's really all out there and it is simple it, it doesn't have to be so complicated and you're able to articulate that so well um, you know I I'm, I'm thinking about um, how many times and how many people make things so complicated for themselves and everything that you've shared in uh, our conversation is all about the journey and really grasping and being open to uh, honoring ourselves as humans in this experience that we were put on earth and how to make it easy for ourselves because it doesn't have to be complicated <laughs> no it, it, it doesn't but we yeah we're really good at making it complicated <laughs> but I, I think I think too the ascending journey is one that you come to because you're right I'm grateful that I found this journey and I was sometimes finding myself say well why didn't I know this earlier and when my life would be so much easier and I think that is the journey of life is that you have to find it and something along your path resonates with you that makes you decide um, to to pick up a book or listen to a podcast or just to begin to hear hear the beginning of something and and I if it's one thing I've learned is that you can't force people onto the path right because I feel like oh I'm gonna save the world and I'll write books and, and but <laughs> if it doesn't resonate with you it doesn't resonate with you and I remember that book the a new earth um, Eckhart Tolle actually says at the very beginning of it if you if you're picking this up and you're not it's not resonating with you put it down you're not ready yet Mm -hmm. So, um, because it was a, it was a fairly heavy read, but I was ready to hear the message, um, at that time, but I know other people who weren't, but found it at a later time. So I think you have, there's different points of entry and maybe it's a Wayne Dyer book or something else, or it could be a pocket, it could be a conversation that turns it all on. Um, so be open to that if you're seeking and, and find the thing that resonates with you and, and it will come if you're interested. Yeah. I'm wondering, so, you know, we, we I, I work a lot with um, core values and that was one of the things that I recall very, very well that brought, like, the, the light came on and it was initiated by you in one of our um, group uh, sessions and so I identified mine and I'm wondering, what are yours? What are, are your top five core values? 
Well, I'll give you the top four. <laughs> Because those are the ones I seem to know really well. And I used to always say the top three. And then it was after I read my, or wrote my book that I realized I had another one that I wasn't, uh, I was honoring but didn't articulate. So I say mine are C's. They're connection, contribution, and comedy. And uh, connection, because for me, that you know, I'm not, I don't prefer surface talk. I prefer deep talk with people. So I love that connection. I love, you know, when I stayed home with my children, it was about connecting with them. Or if it's it's about having good relationships with friends, it's all about connection for me. Contribution, being able to give back, um, not just even whether it's financially in a charity or something like that, but, you know, writing a book, you know, leaving something behind a legacy that maybe it might impact somebody someday, you know, so that's important to me. And comedy, as you put it, said at the beginning, you know, it, I like to have fun. I, when I tell stories, I like to try to find funny ways to tell them because I think they're more memorable. And just at the end of the day, who doesn't rather just have more fun in this life? But yeah. um, after I wrote my book, I realized creativity was another one that mm. was um, really huge for me. And I realized it's like I almost need to create daily. I, I don't think I recognize that about myself. So whether for me, whether it's creating a little social media post and trying to get people to stop and really consider what I, is I'm saying, that challenge of, of, of making things. And so I realized that was really important to me because it's actually a big driver in my life. And I don't know why I didn't see that before. But, um, yeah. So th that's yeah. how I my values. That, that makes so much sense because I, I humor is definitely one that I recognize and um, connections, definitely humor is, 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 is huge. It's one of the things that I, I recall really creating that connection to you. And um, um, I, I find it, interesting also that you you say that you've um, you found a new one later on and I remember the exercise when we did that exercise there were a few but I, I also have added uh, some and there's some priority that has changed does that make sense to you some you know when I said oh yeah the priority of, 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 of um, core values like oh the order top core value yeah. the order there you go yes. yeah for sure and, and that's what I say, even for me, you know, adding creativity later, I always tell people, don't get stuck on these. Like, I know sometimes people do exercises where they have a, a bunch of values and people ask them to check them off. But what I find is that people then tend to go shopping for who they want to be versus who they are. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so I'd rather you give me experiences where I can hear what your values are and we can yes. articulate what that is. So as I don't get me stuck on it, if it's connection, contribution, comedy, then I, you know, I found creativity. So I put that on there and I realized, oh, that's even an even bigger driver. So, yes. um, you know, and, and you can even order them yourself. You might say, I want to make this a priority for the next two months, mm -hmm. right? So it's just about, um, I found values were a way to articulate who you were. So to answer that question, who am I? Most people say, uh, give their labels and titles from work, you know, or mm -hmm. I'm a mom or whatever. But what I'm really looking for is who are you? You know, you maybe you're someone who likes freedom and adventure and um, spirituality uh, or and someone else might be like me is like creative and um, connection. And, and, and just hearing those words paints a different picture of, of the person from a different perspective. Right. So um, it's, it's an interesting way to describe yourself. Yes, absolutely. And to it's, know it's, yourself. Yeah, I, I, I guess uh, for me it was, and, and for, because I'm, I'm using that with the clients as well, and it's a way where there's a lot of aha moments mm. that, that come from there. 
it's like, oh, geez, you know, I never realized that. And especially as you're asking, you know, can you describe this? What what does that mean for you? Because um, sometimes uh, one description of a core value means something to me, but it can mean something else to you, right? And so how do you define that and how does it apply to you or how do you own that? And uh, that was really super helpful with with me and it's I've had so many great comments as you know what I've never had that question asked me they've been asked of me and so one one of the things that I recall you asking me is if you knew you would not fail what would you be doing what would you like to do and so if I was to ask you that question right now if you couldn't fail what would you like to do next I think it's really more of the speaking on bigger stages, really. Yeah. Um, you know, that's sort of the vision that I have for myself is to be able to take the message to a to a larger platform and really be able to make it even more creative or funny or um, entertainment. Yeah. So that people yeah. can really get educated um, or ha have fun with, with this, but also learn something. So I think that's for me, it's, I feel like I'm already doing the things that, that I love to do. It's just, how do you open them up to a, a, in a bigger way? Or, and maybe there's something that will come along that I haven't even considered. That's the beautiful thing is possibility, right? So yeah. something gets yeah. offered to you that you had no idea that you were even going to like it. So I'm, I'm always trying to stay open to possibility and not trying to even force myself onto a path because then I tend to limit myself, right? and um, stay open yeah and and i i love this because many people think that once they've achieved something a goal of some kind oh they're they're fine and and that that's the end of it but you know you you've you've been able to achieve so many things and here you are wanting to achieve even more so there there, there is this growth and this opportunity like you said that is out there and is continuous so it's not because um, our, what any of our listeners, even, even ourselves say, okay, I, if I can just reach this, if I can reach that, if I can reach that, you know, because we ask the question, where do you see yourself, yourself in six months, in a year, in five years, and so on. And it's so definitive that, yes. okay, because of that. So, but I, I love how you say there's opportunities. There's often things that you haven't even thought about that may come on your path. And suddenly there's this, it, it spurs up the, the the need to fulfill your core values as, as creation, as you know, connections and so on. Yeah. So it's such think, a good point. And I well, I think people too, they're always talking about uh, reaching their potential. And I said, one of the things you're going to find about your potential is it's always moving. <laughs> Just when you think you've reached it, the line moves. Um, yes. You know, like my daughter asked me one time, you know, how many books do you think you'll write? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe fifty. And she was like, you know. Pfft like what that's ridiculous and i'm like i know it sounds ridiculous at that point when i hadn't even written one but in order to get to 50 and i don't know if i'll ever do it but in order to get to 50 or 10 or 5 i had to write the first one and the you know yeah. the one and the and the beautiful thing about that is even the first one felt hard until you did it and now you had something now to step on and you can write number two and it's easier and now you have a, maybe a little more freedom to play because you you don't feel so um restricted or shy about putting yourself out to the world so just when you think you've you've you're you've arrived the potential moves so i think that's an important thing to to remember as well is that i don't think you're ever going to fully reach your potential because if you're growing it just keeps shifting 
Yes, yes, so well said. I absolutely love that. And and what brings me to say as almost like a final comment, you know, you, you've moved into trying and doing speaking here and there and you know, for any life coach would say, so you want to go to a bigger stage. What will you get? What will you do to get yourself there? <laughs> That'd be the question, right? You're asking me or, or are you saying that's what we do as coaches? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, both. Well, I think that the, um, the thing about it is just keep doing what you're doing, right? Is continue to show up, seek out ways, um, to, to push yourself, especially in this day of age of COVID, you know, there's not many people looking for speakers, but maybe they are online, right? So keep myself open to other, other ways to show up. Um, so again, it just goes back to being open to those possibilities, but, but taking action towards, you know, towards, um, and setting your intention. Um, because it's so funny because I've said, I wanted to be on more podcasts as a guest. And all of a sudden I've had an influx of requests. And yeah. so, you know, I think about if you, you know, read the power of intention by Wayne Dyer really talks about that in the, the, um, the law of attraction is really yes. putting it out to the world and believing that it's going to happen and, and really setting your vibration high, you know, really appreciating everything that's going on in your life and things begin to, to open up. And I can't even really explain how that happens, but other than knowing that you have, you know, have a positive approach, um, to things as best as possible. Hmm. Dana, if you had one important share to give our listeners, to anyone who is out there and is listening to this and thinking, wow, you know what, I really want to get to where she is. I, I, I want to be able to speak that way. I want to have that feeling because it's stirring all kinds of great emotions. What would be the first thing you would advise them to do? I really say, you know, accept where you are, right? You can never get where you're going if you don't appreciate where you are right now. Um, and then begin to um, take the next step that you can see. Because so many times we try to take a step that's 10 steps ahead, right? That just, the, what's the next thing I can do? If it's coming up inside of you right now and you're thinking it's really resonating with me, I wanna be spiritually awakened or I wanna know more about this, then just sit quietly with yourself and ask, what should I do? And, and listen, this has come back to the intuition. Pay attention to what comes up. Is it a book? Is it a podcast? What should you do next? Is it a conversation? And then do that. And then once you do that, something else will be revealed to you. And that's the beautiful yeah. thing of the journey. It will be revealed to you. Wow. I absolutely love this. I am so, so grateful and appreciative for your share today. And you have provided so many great insights and I am super happy that we connected. Thank you so, so very much for joining in and letting us know about your journey, mm, your empowerment you journey. I, I totally enjoyed it. It was fantastic to connect with you in this way. <laughs> All the best to you, Dana. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. You can connect with Dana through going on her website at www.danaloydleadership.com. Also, she is on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And make sure you don't miss out her podcast called Soul Sister Conversations. To get a copy of her book, you can go to Amazon and look for Soul Prescription, 101 Ways to Find Joy, Meaning, and Fulfillment. 
The details of her Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook accounts can be read in the introduction.